Hello and welcome to From Inside the Spectrum. This is going to be a podcast about different topics relating to autism and Asperger's syndrome and the people talking on this podcast are going to be those who are on the spectrum themselves. Over the years I've read and listened to all different types of material about autism and Asperger's and the spectrum itself but the ones I found most insightful and helped me understand it more were those that were created by people with autism themselves. We never truly understand what it's like to live with any condition, disability, anything really until we hear it from that person's mouth as much as we can say you know oh yeah I get how you feel. We can't until we truly listen to their experiences and hear what it's like from that first-hand account. I have a history degree and one of the first things we learned is primary source material, so material created by people who've lived through it, is often better than retellings and, you know, that's the sources you trust most. That's how you truly understand things. You always would rather hear a first-hand account of something rather than something written in a history textbook by someone else. So that's why I've wanted to create this podcast is to get people's voices out there to help people understand autism, Asperger's the spectrum, Today, when this is going live, is the 1st of December 2020 and on the 1st of December 2010, I was diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome and that day was a really big day for me for numerous reasons and I'm going to go into that today on this podcast of how my feelings are being diagnosed with autism and how it's affected me but... I wanted to commemorate somehow because so much has happened in those 10 years and I thought what better way to commemorate it than help raise awareness and acceptance and understanding and that for me understanding has always been the big thing is getting people to understand what's going on because that makes it easier for people to accept and make those allowances you need here and there. And so that's what I want to do. I want to get this out today and hopefully help people out there. And I don't want this podcast to just be my voice. I want it to be the voice of all different people. I want people from all different backgrounds to come forward and share information they want to share. Because no two people with autism are the same. Like how no two people in the world are the same. And that's always been a big thing for me, is people, you know, always go, well, my cousin's partner's niece has acts like this, you don't act like that. And it's because we're all unique. Autism and Asperger's affects us all in different ways, and that's why I want other people to come on and share their stories, share what they want people to know about what life is like for them. So if you would like to be part and speak on this podcast then let me know and I would love 
to have you on and speak to you. So, as I said earlier on, today is 10 years since I was diagnosed. It was a big day for me and I'm going to go into a bit of background. So, in the months prior to my diagnosis, I had been really struggling emotionally. I was having these outbursts. I was struggling to understand what on earth was going on and why I couldn't cope with things at all. I literally couldn't cope with anything. So I got referred by my doctor to CAMS, which is in the UK, Child and, Ad Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. I spoke to a doctor there and I was getting and a nurse and I was getting tested for this that literally just loads of different things they had no clue what was going on with me and in school I had a support teacher there was two support teachers in my school I remember one for year seven to nine and then one for year ten and six four year ten eleven and six form so I remember you know being in contact with this support teacher and I went to go and speak to her one day because I was really struggling and she wasn't in but there was a woman in the office next door and the woman offered me to come in to be able to calm down and she sat and she spoke with me about 10 minutes i remember she offered me chocolate digestives and i was yeah i'm not gonna lie i was a bit happy to have some chocolate digestives um and things settled down and i went back to class that person i now know was a counselor who came into school um, and she con she told my support teacher I'd been, you know, looking for her when she came back in and she asked how long has she been diagnosed with autism and my support teacher was like, Abby is not on the spectrum, she's not diagnosed with it and the counsellor was get her test, advise her parents to get her tested because I believe fully she's on the spectrum and so my parents when we were next went into cams they approached about it and cams agreed to test me where i live at the time for children and adolescents that don't know about adults they needed three diagnoses it was a child psychologist child psychiatrist and a speech and language therapist so i was getting seen by a child psychiatrist so they assessed me they concluded I had autism and then I got put on the waiting list to get the other two assessments. On the 1st of December, two, the two assessors came into school, the speech and language therapist and child psychologist, and I remember sitting with them in one of the language classrooms and they were asking me loads of different questions about this, that, the other. I do remember beforehand my parents had had to fill out a big form and background information and answer loads of questions on paper. They, the assessors had this, but they'd asked me loads of different questions. And then at the end, they asked me to go and wait outside for a few minutes and then called me back in. And they told me there and then that they were diagnosing me with Asperger's syndrome. And it was very shocking to me. I didn't expect for them to have told me there and then. I thought, you know, we would have got a letter about it or something like that, but no, they told us there and then. And I just remember being in utter shock. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that, you know, 
this it was it was something I'd been preparing for because I'd been I believe the I'd been assessed in Mayish by the t child psychiatrist and you know over half a year later I'm getting so it wasn't too big it was a big time span for me to be able to prepare things but not actually in the span what some people wait to get diagnosed but yeah I sort of looked online and I was pretty certain myself that I was probably on the spectrum but it was then that was that confirmation of experts who told me yes you are autistic and it sort of was very shocking but very relieving at the same time I and I thought that's it it's gonna be okay now all my emotional issues they're gonna go now you know all the issues I was having being bullied in school I thought they're gonna go because I thought you know people aren't gonna bully a disabled person I generally thought people were better than that and I just thought everything's gonna go everything's gonna be fine now it's gonna go back to before I was a teenager I was 15 at this time and things didn't cams discharged me got no further help of them and I was basically <laughs> left alone and trying to, with me and my parents and my sister, trying to figure out what on earth was going on. Things didn't get easier, they just, it was some months were better than others but it was still really hard. And the bullying got a lot worse in school because when I told people, oh I've got Asperger's syndrome, no one believed me and I can understand their rationale. They didn't believe me because how had I gone 15 years of my life not without a diagnosis basically? How had no one picked up on it sooner? And they were questions I had myself. How did no professionals I'd been involved with, like schools, um, health workers, you know, stuff like that, how had no one picked up on it? I understood my parents not picking up on it because who looks at their child specifically looking to see if they are disabled? I've hit my milestones normally, so I can understand why they had no worries. I appeared to fit in. I just appeared to be a shy child. And so, basically, because these school kids didn't believe that I was autistic, I, the bullying got a lot worse. And there was... It, it's quite complex to go into what was going on behind the scenes but it just it kept getting worse and I'm still suffering with the trauma of that today I am um, going to therapy for the trauma of what happened when I was at school and that's mainly because I didn't tell people about what was going on because of how bad it got I knew if my parents had found out how bad it got would have been you know <laughs> the school would have been in so much trouble and I didn't want to be causing this big war I just thought you know what I will deal with it um so yeah that was a big it just not seemed to fit right and I think this is again why I think people understanding the conditions so much will help people on the spectrum and because of all that bullying and the causes for that bullying, it's why I am determined to want people to 
help people understand what autism is and how it affects people because a lot of those girls didn't realise that I'd been masking because they never took the time to ask me or directly say to my face, how did you not get diagnosed sooner? And the truth is because my family went away at the signs and as I said, masking sort of helped me cover up quite a bit of it. So I didn't realise until I was diagnosed with autism that people are supposed to understand facial expressions to the extent that they do and people are supposed to understand body language and tone of voice and all that sort of stuff. I didn't realise that I wasn't, I just thought I was being a big wimp over loud noises. Turns out I wasn't. You know, my picky eating and wanting things bland as a child was not just down to childhood eating habits. That was because I can't bear too many flavours in the mouth. You know, tasting too many flavours at the same time. That sort of thing. And the shyness was because I struggled with that communication. I struggled to communicate with others and know what to say and stuff like that. And it was all masked. And I always say one of the biggest examples of my masking was when me, my sister and my cousins on my mum's side, when we all got together, we could be mischievous. We were a bit bonkers and not in a very naughty way but just mischievous in a fun kids way we absolutely it was bedlam at my grandparents house around christmas when we were all there and if someone one person accidentally did something they weren't supposed to like maybe you know knock over one of my nan's plants in the garden something like that people would say right who was it who did this and i'd sometimes get the blame because I wouldn't give eye contact and I didn't do it and I obviously knew I didn't do it because I knew who did it, I saw it and I figured out at a young age that you know if you don't give eye contact people think you're lying so I used to look at people's ears and so that's one thing I sh show that I'm you know how people with autism mask things and so that's why I am so big on this understanding because when people understand they can sort of see why things that they may think don't add up they actually do add up um going on a long tangent there but anyway back to when i got diagnosed so after all this bullying and stuff like that friends i had outside the school they'd start trying to use my autism to manipulate me they'd tell me things like you know you don't understand this you're supposed to do this because you're not understanding it because of yours is when it was just they wanted me to be <laughs> do what they wanted to do no matter if it was wrong and all stuff like that uh, so I started to resent my diagnosis a lot and I would often wish that I wasn't diagnosed because then in my eyes I'd have been normal even though there's no such thing as normal but if you know what I mean I'd have been a neurotypical I'd have had an average life there would have been nothing extraordinary but then there wouldn't have been all these issues and that's one thing that really damaged me for years is I'd go through these waves where I'd be like yeah I can do this you know and I was proud to be autistic but then 
there were other times where I just wish I'd never been diag diagnosed because I just want to be a neurotypical and that conflict went on for years and years and years and it was just seemed to be a never-ending cycle of back and forth and then when I was getting to my later teens, early 20s, the Asperger's was doing more harm, as I saw, than good. And it was just causing me more and more issues and I was really struggling because of it. And I just wished and I'd pray every single night that I would be a neurotypical that be the one thing I could change about my life would be that and then I was put into adult mental health services because my issues from when I was 15 still haven't been resolved because I was basically just dropped the minute I got diagnosed I'd had a few stints back at CAMS um, but they've never really been able to establish stuff and then when I went into adult services, I was eventually put under what we have called an Asperger team in my area. And I had a nurse assigned to my case and she'd come out to my house and we'd do, we'd discuss things as a family. So me, my parents, and then sometimes my sister. And we'd understand my condition more. We'd understand what was going on in my head and how my disability was impacting on my family and how my family were not sometimes understanding things and it wasn't it they wanted to understand they wanted to support me any way they could but because they weren't living with autism they didn't always understand it and they didn't always know the right way to react to things and to help with things and it was during that time that I sort of came to a new perspective and I realised I don't mind my autism. It can be a pain in the backside sometimes, like I wish to God I did not have sensory issues right now in this global pandemic because wearing a mask is a nightmare for me. I struggle, I have panic attacks at time and uh, Calm my panic attacks. Best thing to do is to take deep breaths, which obviously do not help when you're having a sensory overload because you're wearing a mask. That just makes the issues worse. Uh, so that it has, it still is a pain in the backside sometimes, but it makes me me, and I'm, you know, I am appreciative of it. it you know it. It's hard to explain, you know, it makes me, it affects who I am, it affects how much I enjoy things and I can get intensely, you know, involved in something and work my backside off with it just because I'm so enthralled with it. That's part of my autism is I can get very focused on things and that helped a lot when I was at university. So... Yeah, I would not have my degree, I don't think, if it wasn't for my autism. So, yeah, there's a lot of things to be positive about. It's not doom and gloom, is what I made out. 
the doom and gloom was the mental health problems and I've now been able to dissociate my mental health problems from my autism and my mental health problems I'm not gonna lie they do stem from that trauma when I was a teenager in school being bullied and they still do really affect me to this day and they are something I struggle with on a daily basis and I do resent that but it's I can associate I know when you know my mental health does get me down and when I do wish that I was as I said earlier normal for lack of a better word it's not that I don't wish I had autism it's I wish I didn't have these mental health problems I wish I'd never gone through what I'd gone through as a teen and so that's really for me my diagnosis story up until now sort of thing and my my thoughts on diagnosis I do always think diagnosis is good for someone if they believe they have autism and I'd recommend anyone who believes they are on the spectrum to get a test because it can help in areas that you don't realise so for example when I was at university the we'd do our tests in the basement of a cathedral that was across the road from our building and I struggle in new environments and I struggle to adjust to that so because of my autism I was allowed to do my exams in a classroom in the building I was in and that helped me so much so it's with a diagnosis you can get reasonable adjustments like that it can help understand things that you are struggling with about yourself so for me one of the things I've always really not liked about myself is my sensory issues I hated you know always being afraid of loud bangs because there's no way to avoid them every 5th of November there is a night where loud noises go off from when it's starting to get dark all the way till the early hours of the morning and it is so hard and stressful and it was even harder when I didn't understand what on earth was going on why was I so affected by loud noises whereas now I understand it and I don't beat myself up for it anymore. So I do recommend people who believe they are on the spectrum to get a diagnosis if, you know, they are on the spectrum. But it is not this light switch moment like I thought it was. It wasn't gonna be, you know, wow, that's it. Everything's sorted now. It's all hunky-dory and life's gonna be great. It is hard and one of the hard things for me that I struggled with was this is lifelong you know there's no way I can recover from autism it, it's something that I'm gonna have to deal with and manage every single day for the rest of my life but then if you flip it on its head you if you are on the spectrum whether you have a diagnosis or not you are still gonna have those struggles, those ups, those downs, those highs and lows, you are still going to have them. We live in a neurotypical world. 
people with autism are going to struggle at parts. So, if you don't have a diagnosis, then you can't try and get those little reasonable adjustments to help with the times where it is hard to navigate a neurotypical world. So, that's why I do say, if you believe you're on a spectrum, get tested. It can be long and it can be a hard process to go through, but it can help. But I just want to let people know that my experiences, it's not all sunshine and roses when you get your diagnosis. Unfortunately, just because you've got a diagnosis again, help is not always available. It can be a struggle to get those reasonable adjustments in place at certain places like workplaces, schools, etc. But it can it can help at times. And it it's the little times when they help that you think thank goodness, you know, that I've had this diagnosis so I can get this little bit of help right now. So that's my story on getting a diagnosis and my opinion of it. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I am going to try and upload as regular as I can, but I won't upload unless it's a subject I feel passionate about because I want to put out podcast episodes where I want to be able to talk about something that I feel sure on and that is important to me. Just because it's not important to me doesn't mean it's not important to others. So if you want to come on and speak about something on the spectrum that affects you, that you want to get out there to help people understand, then please do. For me, one of my biggest takedowns for people who've watched this episode who are neurotypicals and want to understand what's like being autism two biggest things i'd say take away from this episode is people can have autism all their life just because they weren't diagnosed as a toddler does not mean they didn't have it then and they don't have it now and also getting a diagnosis can be really hard and challenging for someone with autism and it can be a minefield for them to navigate and Try and just support them and be there for them as much as you can. Take their lead and just let them know you're there for them and you'll support them however they need. And that can make a huge difference to someone when they are going through such a turbulent time for them. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to come back and speak to you about something else to do with the spectrum I've got a few topics I do want to speak about, so yeah, I hope to come back to you soon. My name's Abby and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay safe and keep learning. I'll speak to you all soon. Bye.